They look like pterosaurs. Regarding dinosaurs. You amateur. Welcome to the family <laughs> on the Tom Bernard Podcast with Packmaster Ralph Basham, MD. Alex Brandt Bernard Rasmussen. The almost recovered Catherine Brandt. <clears throat> and Andy Brandt Bernard. And we'll be right back. Dean Haglin will be our special guest. Scared and Alone. That's scaredandalone.com as life. well. <laughs> well. Oh. Now she's alone, even though she's married to me. Okay, well. And also scared. I feel much better about myself, i got to be honest with you. Okay, uh, we'll be right back. Dean will join us. And I also have a story about uh, something that was in the news this morning, which people are people need to be hospitalized. They really do. We need to do something. People have lost their minds. And we'll be right back. Tommy, do you guys read a lot of poetry on the queue? You mean like, there once was a man from Nantucket? No, more like T.S. Eliot. April is the cruelest month, breeding lilacs out of the dead land, mixing memory and desire, stirring dull roots with spring rain. At... Dougie, what's wrong? You a little sad? No, other than the weather, nothing's wrong. In fact, in the walls of world, Coon Rapids and Burnsville finish number one and two in the state of Minnesota. J-Lo finally beat Dan Resch. Wow, that's pretty cool. Is it okay if I take all the credit? Well, I'd expect nothing less. Actually, we've got great inventory of some great vehicles, and these short-term leases are perfect for people who can't get the brands that they want. You told me about those. You can drive a new Nissan for as little as 18 months, and by then the chips will be aplenty. That's it exactly. We hope by then you'll be a Walzer Nissan convert. For great deals from the Minnesota sales leaders, go to Burnsville or Coon Rapids Nissan. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who've been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this. If the adjuster really, truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know? And that's exactly my question is you have to understand who has the best, your best interest in mind, correct? Well, you want to know what your rights are. You know, whether yep. or not you decide yep. you're going to hire us or not, that's a choice. It's a free consultation, and you want to understand what your, all your rights are and what coverages you have. And plus the fact, I hang out with you, so you got to be a good guy <laughs> if I'm hanging out with you. Uh, maybe. <laughs> okay. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Hey, this Brian's up. Summer is finally here, and if you're like me, you've got some serious riding planned. Make sure you and your motorcycle are good to go with Dennis Kirk. Whatever you ride, Harley, Indian, Metric Cruiser, or Sport Bike, you'll find what you need at Dennis Kirk. 160,000 parts and accessories in stock, clothing and helmets too. Order before 8 p.m., and they ship the same day. Plus, shipping is free for orders over 89 bucks. Follow Zepp's lead and head to DennisKirk.com. They ship today. All right, we are back, ladies and gentlemen. We'll be our, with our guests in about 60 <coughs> seconds here, but i got to tell this story first. Uh, I, I'm just telling you, the behavior of people has got to be brought under control. Everybody is insane. And here's a perfect example of how far people think they can go now and do whatever they want. Okay. Everybody's convinced they can do whatever they want now, right? <coughs> okay, you ready? <laughs> yes. You're ready for the story. All over 
A Massachusetts woman was charged Sunday with stealing from a Rite Aid pharmacy in Middletown, Massachusetts. Police said they were called to the store at 8.05 in the morning. Now remember, it's 8.05 in the morning. Sunday for a shoplifter. Police said Ashley Timmons, 28, of West Roxbury, Massachusetts, spent about an hour in the store opening items and placing them in a bag or in her clothing. When police arrived, according to a report, they found Timmons kneeling in an aisle with three USB phone chargers. She'd opened the packages and told an officer she was trying to charge her phone. Police found several other items in her possession that were matched to packaging store employees found around the store. They also found a syringe in Timmons' bag, and she admitted to officers that she used heroin. Uh, Now, here comes the good part. You ready? Mm -hmm. So it's not enough that she's walking around the store just tearing things open and taking the items, putting them in her purse. She replaced those items with something. Every time she stole something, she replaced it with uh, something else. Probably not something that Rite Aid wants in their display cases. I think I can guess. What did she leave? I don't want to know. (laughs) I think Mom can guess, too. Mom can guess, too. Well, the employee pointed out a small cardboard display case in aisle 31 where Timmons had been, according to a police report. The display case contained what appeared to be poop. Yep. I was going to say, what's the feces? Excreta. Yeah. In another (laughs) display case, there were numerous tissues wadded up and appeared to be covered with poop. The display was feces-free when the store opened. (laughs) (laughs) It was feces-free. And by the way, that was in the story. I didn't make that up. One hour, feces-free. We've done it. So it's not enough. Ads. So it's not enough that you're ripping people oh off. That you're not enough that you're leaving crap all over these these things that you open, just threw them on the floor. You got to also leave your poop behind too. That's pretty severe mental illness. Yeah, what they're... are we doing? What until we can go back to punching people in the face for acting like dinks? Couldn't we're not going to ever get back to normal. We just have to be able to start hitting people. I agree with you. You got to start right clocking people. Again. Yeah. Right, right. Nikki Bang, Zoom. We have to reintroduce corporal punishment back into our society. Yep. And I know, I'm, I'm telling you flat out because I asked it before, Dean Hagland has never pooped in a Rite Aid. <laughs> is that not right, Dean? No, we don't know that. That is correct. You know, there's nothing better than a lead-in of a poop story. You can't go wrong. Dean, what, <laughs> how much further is it going to go? People thinking they can do whatever they want, whenever they want. How much further can it go? Well, you know, I think that uh, California, that's one of our main exports is self-entitlement. And, uh, so, <laughs> yeah. Well, there you go. As long as we keep manufacturing it there, it's uh, it's going to go uh, countrywide. I love it. Ladies and gentlemen, Scared and Alone, our special guest, Dean Haglin. Uh, Scared and Alone is a, a live stream paranormal investigation where you get to experience what it's like to be in one of the world's most haunted locations. What a great, was this your idea, Dean, to, to shoot it this way? Uh, yeah, well, it actually, we came upon it a bit accidentally. Uh, there was uh, International Ghost Hunt Day. Did you know that existed? I did not. No. And so uh, I was asked by the producers to kind of host, you know, four hours of going around the world talking to ghost hunters. And then uh, in our final two hours, uh, we had um, a woman by the name of, um, uh, her name is, uh, you know, (laughs) Courtney. Courtney Buckley. Courtney Buckley, yeah. Yes. She's the, the bravest woman in paranormal. And she was by herself in a haunted house with just an iPhone and a K2 meter. And then also joining in on the Zoom call were some other paranormal investigators. And we all just sort of clicked and it was terrifying. And uh, people started uh, jumping into the chat room, also experiencing things and seeing things on their feed. And it sort of became a group ghost hunt in real time 
uh, happening live. And so we don't edit it. If uh, nothing's happening, we go to another room. Uh, but things happen and uh, it's terrifying. And each one of us are alone on our Zoom call. And often, for instance, in my studio, uh, my robot vacuum will just start up on its own and start Ooh. cleaning uh in the middle of a ghost hunt so you know there's there's terror <laughs> there's genuine terror for each and every one of us uh involved god it's so how many you had what like eight ten people involved in this huh a lot of people yeah well generally we have uh a group of four that are on right. camera right so we have um richard lillard who's the gentleman psychic and he will actually paint a acrylic uh, canvas in real time uh connecting to the house and some of the people in it. So he'll actually paint portraits out of his mind that actually then when we research will actually look like someone who died in the house or something like that. It's quite incredible. And then um, we also have uh, David L. Sloan, uh -huh. who does a lot of research on this place. And uh, we have the uh, paranormal princess, uh, Miss Haley Michelle, who has a collection of uh, psychic dolls that are terrifying just unto itself. So. Uh, a lot of these haunted places, they get dolls gifted to them, and she can connect to those psychically. Um, so yeah, there's there's a that's our general group of four, and then we have our regulars who come into the chat room all the time, and they're sensing stuff and seeing things, mm -hmm. and uh, are actively involved in the investigation at the same time. Now, David L. Sloan's he, he's involved with Robert the doll. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. What's that uh, all about? We try to get him to talk about it, and he always goes, I don't know what you're talking about. Even though the doll is right over his shoulder in the Zoom call, you know, being <laughs> complete denial about it. So, yeah, we are actually planning a, um, a Scared and Alone uh, tour that we're going to drive down the East Coast to his place oh. uh, in Key West and, uh, and corner him. And there's apparently one of the most haunted firehouses that he often uh, yes, uh, yep. zooms from uh, with my favorite haunted entity, Captain Bumfarto. <laughs> Bumfarto, uh, okay. Bumfarto, that was his actual name, and he <laughs> haunts the fire station there in Key West. Oh, no, Bumfarto is his real oh, name? Dear. Yes, isn't that a tough oh, one? Fortunate. Yeah. Honey, yeah, if we got married, my name of Bumfardo, would you be Catherine Bumfardo now? Not on your life. <laughs> not happening. <laughs> not happening, Dean. Not it's happen. just not happening. Okay, I get it. I have get you, it. Have you sure. been in? You you've been in that. Well, I think it used to be like a, a a bit of a like a shore fortress for the army. I think back in the day, that building that Robert the Doll is in. Yeah, yeah. It's it's quite historic, and uh, a lot of things have happened there. And I know they've had paranormal investigations there before, and it's always been very active. So, uh, yeah, that's our plan of the future. He seems to have uh, no problem being alone there on a Saturday night, but uh, he's had weird uh, electronic issues, as we all have on this show. Uh, seems each and every one of us either has our lights go out, our hard drives kick out, mm -hmm. things not uh, recording or acting properly. And that's also for people who you're just uh, hopping in on the show. They will also in the chat room go, "What, what's going on with my computer? So whatever right, the entity yeah. is, yeah, we'll get to you through the Internet. I didn't know that was a thing till this show. 
Yeah, I'm sure that's true. It, I mean, do, do people understand that when you die, your energy does not die with you, so it has to go somewhere, correct? Right. I mean, this is uh, what um, uh, advanced mathematics tells us. There's right. 11 to 13 other dimensions other than the three or four that we can actually experience with our uh, corporal body. So uh, for sure, that energy goes somewhere. It's uh, it's proven mathematically. We just yep. don't know or and or haven't uh, put the scientific equipment that's not yet available uh, into the search. Now, Dean, what, I always ask this question because, you know, Dave Schrader is on the, on the show on Wednesdays. And we talk to Dave quite a bit about this stuff. Right. What first attracted you to to studying the paranormal? Did you, did you like three feet of the hole? Did you really rolled in the? Whoa! What, the hell? what was that? What was that? Uh oh! Are Somebody we being haunted golfing. again? Yeah. What was that? Now was... we're way to go, Dean. Now we're haunted. <laughs> it's your fault. It was Omni Studio being a piece of crap. Oh, wow! What a shock. I'm telling you, that's the kind of thing that. There you go. Up. This never happened before. Yeah. Honest yeah. to God, that was weird. Right? Dean, Does that happen before? You poisoned no. us, Dean. It's your fault. <laughs> well, I don't know about poison. <laughs> I don't know about poison. poison but but yeah. I have a ghost in my machine now, so it probably pops up from time to time. Yeah, it probably is going to be the situation. See, I, Catherine and I have been down Key West. I, we used to do the KQ Morning Show that I'm on. I uh, did a few years of shows down there and had a, just had a really, really good time going from <laughs> Robert. To, I mean, the whole first of all, Duval Street is... Un, unlike any other street on earth, just walking down that street is yeah, amazing. Uh, and just where that island sits and the fact that it's, you know, they got that big, whatever that monolith is there that shows the southernmost point of the United States. Yeah, and that yeah, yeah. And Ernest Hemingway's house is down mm-hmm. there. Did you try to walk up that stairway, Dean? That staircase? Uh, yes. You can't uh, get up it. It's about a foot wide, for God's sake. I know. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> and Hemingway always seemed then. like a big guy. Yeah, right. I don't know. Maybe he never went up there. He just went to the garage, the studio. I remember he had that pool. Yeah, the swimming pool. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, first one in first right. one in Key West. Yeah, they were. It was a scandal right. that somebody would have a pool. And don't forget that Harry Truman wanted to turn Key West into the White House. Yeah, property. the Winter White House. Yep. He did indeed. Oh, it would be a very bad place for the White House. A place that gets wiped out by a hurricane every 10 years. <laughs> yeah, every 10 that years. Be bad. Yeah, that wouldn't be too good. You're Think right about that. Think of all those that. records. That just be floating out to sea. Yeah. Um, Dean, do you, is there any understanding, And because, you know, Catherine and Andy and Alex are here and, uh, with us. Ralph Basham is with us, a friend of the family. But the four of us, the entire family's here. And I've talked about this before, that Alex and I like horror stories or ghost stories, whereas Catherine and Andy do not. Is there any understanding of why some people would like it and some don't? I mean, is there? Because uh, some people, yeah. oh, absolutely none of that ever happens. Well, like I said, that energy has to go somewhere, so I don't know where right? it goes. Well, and I'm not a fan of actual horror movies, believe it or not. Yeah, they, well, there you go. They are, yeah, I'm too terrified, actually. So all those jump scares and everything, yeah. I will literally jump out mm-hmm. of my seat and white knuckle it, and it's, uh, and I don't find that fun. Whereas my better half, she reads all the Stephen King things. Oh, yeah. I have to put those down half the time. And his son, uh, Joe Hill, I find him too terrifying to read all the way through. Right. Uh, and uh, she she goes, yeah, that's the that's the genre. That's the, the fun of it. I'm like, I'm not having fun white-knuckling it and <laughs> breaking out in a cold sweat. So, 
So, uh, yeah. So it, it just depends on the person and, and how they think, how you were first introduced to horror and what was your, what movies became your inline. And then from that, did you get into ghost hunting or have you seen ghosts or did you grow up in a house with ghosts and that sort of thing? Well, so, Dean, I have a problem. Different. I have a problem there because the very first scary movie I ever saw was Psycho. <laughs> That's not a good place to start. Wasn't I will that tell the you the very that. first scary no. movie. Uh, was Psycho? it? Psycho? Well, Psycho? No, probably not. But it was. It's the first one about the, the, one, about, probably the most first popular one. Psychology gone wrong. Yeah, and that's the reason I don't like horror because I saw it when I was six or seven with my uh, sister, oh, and, and it, it 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 scarred me for life. I want right? no parts of. And stuff. you probably don't take showers anymore either. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. I, that's exactly. right. Only baths. I never drink Hershey's chocolate syrup. Anymore. Yeah, because that's what that was. Is Hershey's <laughs> chocolate syrup. But yeah, it's it's interesting. Why? Why is there any understanding, Dina? Why some people like it, some people don't. Some people believe well, there are entities, other people don't. You know, this was the thing of being on the X Files for all those years. Is that right. some people would come up and they would really love the gross-out monster horror episodes, and other people would really like the conspiracy UFO episodes. Right. Yep. And then others were just into the Mulder Scully relationship episodes. Right. Oh so, well. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. We never, uh, I, I never talked to them. I didn't have much to say. I was always a no romo, as we were called during the time, which were those who were interested in just seeing uh, Mulder and Scully be professional in their mm-hmm. relationship and not to hop into bed and have right, mm-hmm. right. Yeah. HR oh. would have a field day. <laughs> yeah, wouldn't they? They I would. Know. Does, I will, does the X Files department have an HR? Probably not. I will tell you, you know, one it never thing. came up. I think it was always just Agent Skinner giving them heck. Yeah, yeah so, there you go. I've yeah, interviewed yeah. both of them several times over the last, you know, 35 years or whatever it's been when that show started. 30 years. I don't know how long ago it was. That's probably about right. That's probably yeah. about right, isn't it? But yeah. both of them are very, very pleasant. They really are good interviews. They're happy to be interviewed. But the one thing about it is when she does an interview, <clears throat> when you make reference to one of the shows on the X Files, to say, oh yes, episode F seventeen Z R Y. Yes, that was a She's good one. She's making it up. No, she wasn't. She had every episode's <laughs> number, the serial number for every episode Ooh, memorized. Is she a little Rain Manny? Yeah. Uh, well, Dean, did you did you know that that was true? I did not know that's true, but it probably was because often when we get our scripts, they didn't have the title of right. the episode on the script yet. Right. We only had the season number and the episode number. Mm. So you knew it was 0316 for the 16th episode of three season three. Right. And then you bring up the plot point and then she would, she would have it memorized that way because often the title only came as an afterthought in editing. So you never had it. You didn't even know when you had the script, what was the title of the episode? Yeah, that's exactly what was. So the, your th- that's why she did it. Yeah, okay. Yeah. That makes total yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, yeah, she uh, her memory was always fantastic. But I could see that that's how she would catalog all of, uh, what was it, nine seasons of the show? Yeah, I think that's right. I think that is yeah. right. Dean, I consider myself to be very fortunate because I can be, even at, you know, my current age and all the rest of it, I can still be made uncomfortable by scary movies. But I also enjoy that little bit of a thrill and that little jump. I mean, it's it brings me back to my childhood in a way, I guess. Oh, oh, interesting. Reconnecting to that first emotional charge. Right. That's that exactly what it is. 
and it was oh. Psycho. It was the movie Psycho. Like when he no, spun no. the chair around and old Ma was in the oh, chair, yeah. that was a little yeah. terrifying. Spoiler alert, but yeah. Uh, Spoiler alert. The movie's been out for 60 years, I think, Dean. I think we're okay. (laughs) Well, you know, there's a generation that may have not seen it. Well, that's true. That's true. It is. It is. I still think. uh, But I'm I'm curious, who took you? I mean, you wouldn't have gone by yourself to go see Psycho. No, no, no. I did not go by myself. And I'm trying to think of who that might have been. It had to either be at the Broadway or the Empress uh, Theater in North Minneapolis. But I can't remember who would have... Because that person be... should also be uh, reprimanded. Because that was a seriously <laughs> intense film yeah, for a absolutely. young man to be seen. Yeah. No, it's absolutely true. But uh, I see. I like that side of. Uh, let me put it this way: I would rather deal with the paranormal or ghosts or whatever it is than deal with the lies our political world are telling right now. Because that those are much more scary to me. The politics of America right now scare me much more than a ghost. I will tell ah. you that. Well, yeah, and perhaps it's one of the same, uh, the psychic snap yeah. that happens, right? When you are uh, terrorized uh, in whatever form, uh, that becomes a trauma at that point. It does. You're traumatized. Do you, have, do you have a lot of fun shooting these shows? I mean, obviously, you've been in a bit. How long you, have you been in the acting business anyway? It's been, it's been quite some uh, time, hasn't it? Yeah, oh, yeah, since my uh, teenage days in Canada, I was in a couple of terrible uh, Canadian series. Uh, <laughs> okay, well. Shall I name? No, I won't name names. There was a, uh, oh my God, what was the name of the dog? It was a stray dog that wandered the country solving crimes. What? And it was just, yeah, well, so he, he, he came up to where a crime was happening. <laughs> and then they go, hey, wh- who's this stray dog? Oh, I... I did a day on it, so you know, I don't yeah. even remember. It was terrible. It was a terrible Canadian show. And the longest-running Canadian show, The Beachcombers. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yes, the guys who uh, who pick up logs off the beach in their boat. Yep. That ran for 23 seasons. 23? <laughs> Picking up logs off the beach on the British Columbia coastline. 23 seasons of that. That is amazing that that happened. <laughs> well, the scenery was beautiful, and apparently, you know, that sold big yeah, that's true. across the sea. So there were, long after we stopped watching it in Canada, everybody else was still loving it over overseas around the world. It's an amazing thing. Is there one thing in your life you can think of that, that really, because, again, being so young and seeing Psycho, because I think it was, what, about, 10 maybe when it come out 1961 or 60 60 60 so i was nine yeah so you might have even been eight i might even been eight years old when it came out that's true (laughs) that's terrifying it was terrifying i do remember that let's see psycho came out in september so you had not yet turned nine i wasn't even nine yet i was still eight years old young might say since that day though dean i was you know inspired that if anybody ever pissed me off i'd just stab him to death in the shower it'd have been (laughs) you know the hard part's getting them in the shower right (laughs) the hard part's getting them in catching them when they're showering that's the tough part right (laughs) yeah i I, the whole thing i just found it to be amazing to me but i mean yeah i'm not gonna go too and hitchcock a genius yeah uh the Janet Lee you think is the lead of the movie and mm-hmm. she dies halfway through never seen before in any cinematic uh, movie where your lead is murdered at the halfway point no I can understand you know I gotta throw one I'm only spend 30 seconds on this but I'll ask Dr. Basham who's just sitting to my right 
Could I deal with that movie and not be totally freaked out because of the fact that he was kind of acting like my dad? Ooh. Think about that. Oh, that was, that's interesting. That's, that's, I should mention to Dean that my father was mentally ill. He had, he had schizophrenia. Deep, that's deep psychology. Wow. Start taking the but, whole pill in the morning rather than cutting it in half now. I that just is think really I'm serious. Think about that, though. Yeah. That I may have been able to deal with him because I dealt with my dad for all those years before he left. You know, and I, wow. and I had no experience like that. Um, and you so were I, I was terrified. I just, yeah. I, I was yep. the same age, eight. So I was the same age watching that. Oh man, it messed me up. It was, scary. it was not Be normal. Careful. I do. And, and did Jaws mess you up? Did you go swimming after you saw Jaws? Not in the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> Pools yeah, would be yeah, fine with me. Yeah, but to this day, when I go swimming in the ocean, I'm always like, oh, I don't know about this. Just, <laughs> Wait, just, just tiny bit in the What's back that? of my What's head. What's that? What's that? Because <laughs> I remember that movie, I, I was working, my family owned a uh, concession stand at a swimming resort, and everybody, anytime a little minnow or some mm. uh, thing brushed their leg, they would scream shark and run from the, <laughs> from the, uh, the A minnow. Like, the minnow yeah. shark. I like it. Sharks are a little bigger than that, usually. Yeah, I know. Usually but they're people a little are terrified. So, Dean, what was it that, that that really locked you in? We talked about a little bit what attracted you to the, the business uh, you're in uh, today. But right. was there one thing that really drove you and said, no, wait a minute. No, this is, yeah, this is fascinating to me. I, was there one thing that did it or were several things? It was several things. I mean, the X-Files, of course, had many right. uh, ghost episodes. Right. And... Uh, I, you know, didn't know much about him, but the writers on that show, Chris Carter, Vince Gilligan, yeah. who went oh, on God. to do Breaking Bad, uh, Frank Spotnitz, their, uh, their libraries in their writing office were not the usual how to write a screenplay, but instead uh, deep uh, texts of, of bizarre books like uh, the rituals of Mithra and, uh, uh, you know, the 25... Uh, ghost stories that are still unexplained and that kind of thing, right? So they would lend me those books and that's sort of where we got so that when we had lunch, it was our topics of conversation were always uh, vivid and eclectic to say the least. Yeah, no question about that. Yeah. So is how you lived your life, does that have a big influence, do you think, on... Well, whether you like scary movies or romantic comedies or the early part of your life as a child, what you experience, is that what drives you towards certain, you know, viewing habits? Yeah, because, you know, I I think my my country upbringing north of you in Manitoba, no less. Yeah, there you go. uh, Yeah, I came to Minneapolis because that was... The South. That was warm. <laughs> that was fantastic. Oh, how wrong you are. Oh, no. I'm a Winnipeg. Anytime uh, Minneapolis said, oh, we're so cold. Yeah, you're invited to Winnipeg if you want to experience cold. Uh-huh. So so we always went down to Minneapolis as a, oh, boy, we, you know, it's going to be Pop Rocks and warmer weather. Pop and, Rocks. Uh, pop Rocks, baby. Pop rocks. Oh, my God. Yeah, we did not have Pop Rocks in Canada. Really? That was no? bad. Yeah, the well, first time them? I had it was at the Piggly Wigglies in Thief River. Uh, yeah, Thief River Falls. Thief River Falls. Wow. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Piggly they, Wiggly, baby. They were banned yeah. of all things to ban. I, well, ban. I don't. I, just, <laughs> I don't know if it was banned per se. I don't know how oh. strict Canada is on its pop uh, rocks. sugary treat. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we couldn't get pop rocks to, unless we went down to uh, into Minneapolis. 
Hmm. Yeah, it's so. so funny about that, Dean, is there are other actors. David, uh, oh, damn it, I can't remember his last name. He, he grew up in uh, in Winnipeg, and his family's come down to shop uh, back when he was a kid as well. Nice Canadian boy. Damn it, he's a very funny guy, really good actor. I could, It's David. David. Oh, Jesus, I can't remember. What's he in? I don't know. i got to get back. He's always on The Tonight Show. He's very he's kind of a handsome guy. Oh, David Steinberg, for crying out David Steinberg. That's exactly who I'm talking about. Oh, my God. That's wow, how you have to say. Nice. Tonight Show. Yeah, just the David There's Steinberg. only five of us famous from <laughs> But you know what? The other three were all in the Guess Who, so that worked. <laughs> uh, are we doing Guess Who, Burton coming references? Oh, God, I'm telling you what, to this day, we still get members of the Guess Who coming on, and they talk about the same thing you just said. That we'd get in the family car and drive down to Minnesota, and we'd stop in Thief River Falls, or we'd go all the way down to Minneapolis, St. Paul. And it was, they said it was very exciting, which I thought was terrific. It is exciting. I mean, the, the mall, the IDS mall, wasn't it, the, the big thing? Yeah. Uh, and... Uh, and of course, you know, later on, that's the one of the weirdest experiences I had at a sci-fi convention, uh, an X-Files convention in Minneapolis, was, uh, uh, it wasn't, well, is it paranormal? It was definitely weird uh, because it was, you know, uh, the lone gunmen were there, uh, Frank Spotnitz, you know, it was yeah. all oh, yeah. X-Files, uh, personal sci-fi convention where we sign autographs afterwards. And a woman hands me a hand-drawn picture that doesn't look like anybody. It's like, is that supposed to be, you know, Mulder? I don't know what the heck. She says, no, that's my husband. I go, why am I signing a picture of a hand-drawn, you drew a picture of your husband and you want me to sign it? She goes, yeah, well, he was in the FBI. I'm like, well, okay, shrug my shoulders. Was in the FBI, he's retired. You know, I start a conversation. Sure. No, and she pulls out a photo album. She goes, this is my husband here. And it's a picture of her with a guy like 6'5 in the backyard. And then they said he went on an FBI assignment. And I get a call saying he's gone into a coma. And when I get down to California, they say, this is my husband. And it's a short 85-year-old guy with tubes in his mouth in a hospital bed. And I said, that doesn't look anything like your husband. She goes, I know. But all his ID, his fingerprints, his dental records, everything says that's my husband. I've never seen him before. I'm looking for this guy. And I'm like, so why are you telling me? She goes, well, where else can I go? I go to the FBI. I go to the police. They do fingerprints. They say, that's my husband. I'm like, oh, my gosh. So So, then all of us afterwards, because she said that to each and every one of us. Oh, okay. Everyone else had a theory like, oh, the husband just wanted to divorce her. Found some homeless guy and stuffed him in a bed. And that was, (laughs) well, that's even darker. And uh and then, you know, Bruce thought that she was just having some sort of mental snap or, or having us on kind of thing. And uh, boy, we I never followed up and never found out what happened to her or if she ever found that guy. But that's the kind of thing the X-Files brought, that kind of that's, terror. That is amazing. So he found some shriveled up guy to take his place? Well, with that was... Frank Spotnet theory. I don't think he actually did that. Oh, okay. I think perhaps maybe, uh, you know, he had an accident and had been in a coma for a while and maybe lost weight and aged rapidly or something. Yeah. Uh, you know, that could have actually been uh, an explanation. Or as Bruce thought, he she was just having, uh, having us on and trying to, you know, propel herself into some story oh, that will yeah. be written in the X-Files later on. Yep. Uh, by talking to the writers. So each one of those uh, seemed plausible, 
and each one of them seemed terrifying at the same time. Is there one thing in your childhood, like I said, uh, you know, for, for Ralph and me, he was going to see Psycho when we were eight years old, and uh, was there one thing that really, that you saw at such a young age that, that sent you down the path? Oh, well. Uh, well. <laughs> not. Well. I'm trying to think. Well, you know, I watched all those um, uh, terrible British uh, 60s Vincent Price movies. Oh, was, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then the Roger Corman stuff too, like right. all of that. Right. Uh, I was into, but I don't know if that terrified me. Just growing up in the prairies was plenty terrified enough. Yeah, that's true. You know, stories of, um, oh, I don't know how gross, how, how horrific shall I make it, uh, in my, uh, school days yep. of people who died in car accidents and motorcycle and oh, snowmobile yeah. accidents. Oh yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. The, the um, you know, we, there was a train that would cross the prairie and in fresh snow, it would kick up the snow so you couldn't actually see the train. And oh if you're driving God. your snowmobile, you can't hear the train. Oh. And the guy in the year above me went right under the train. Oh. And basically everybody had to get a, and go into the field and collect parts. Yep. And uh, oh. my neighbor picked up the helmet with his head still in it. And, oh, oh yeah. I know. She never yeah. really was the same after that. Yeah. Don't snowmobile down the tracks, kids. <laughs> or or vertical to the tracks. I mean, he was crossing the field and thought the tracks was an, another mile out. Mm. Uh, yeah. Because the snow was kicked up and, and, and it was oh. snowing with oh. fresh powder. So he didn't see it. He couldn't hear it. Oh. And then basically he was under it. Wow. With all within seconds. God, that's so, just, that's terrible. Mm -hmm. I know. So if you want to talk about horror, <laughs> I would think that's more horrific than anything I've ever seen in a movie. No, there's no question about that. Oh, God, yes. Yeah. Going through that must have been. Yeah, been just hearing about it. Like, you know, I was, I think I was too young to go out to the fields, but all the neighbors did. Yeah. And, uh, oh, wow. and, and then you hear the stories afterwards and it's like, and that's just one of many terrible stories that happened in the prairies. Dean, do you think some people need to identify their fears? Is that part of it? Is that why so many people are attracted to, you know, ghosts and goblins and the uh, the uh, paranormal and the rest of it? They, do they are they looking to identify their fears? Yeah, well, uh, or or you have an anxiety mm -hmm. that's so free floating and so uh, un uh, undefined that you then go to the movies or you go on these uh, paranormal investigations specifically to focus that free floating anxiety into something that can hopefully uh, manifest and transverse so that you have some, you know, the great thing about scaring alone actually is at the end of it, there's a bit of a, a turnaround, a cleansing that happens mm -hmm. and it's kind of uh, cathartic at the end so that, all of the uh, weird things that are going on in any one of these specific houses uh, often has uh, something at the end that's kind of either uh, historically interesting or emotionally uh, not just terrifying, but the, there's a um, there's you know tears or, or laughter at the end of it mm -hmm. of something you, of the journey you've taken. So uh, I think that may be more why our people are drawn to it. 
I love it. Ladies and gentlemen, Scared and Alone is a live stream paranormal investigation where you get to experience what it's like to be in one of the world's most haunted locations. You can check it out, of course, at scaredandalone.com. But it is a live stream. Uh, how, how do people find uh, Scared and Alone? Yeah, you go to scaredandalone.com. Okay. Or you can go on, uh, uh, we do Steamyard as well, uh, .com. And, uh, and then we're on a Facebook page and a YouTube and it's kind of all goes live Saturday night on multiple uh, multiple platforms. God, YouTube is huge now, isn't it? Oh my gosh, it's unbelievable! It really uh, has gotten gigantic. They, they get seven hours of material every minute uploaded. So really, try, mm-hmm. yeah, seven hours a minute. Oh god, twenty four hours a day. So the the just the amount of the video information is astronomical. Dean Haglin, ladies and gentlemen. Dean, you got to come in the studio sometime. I'd love to have you in. I would love it. You know how much I love Minnesota. Yes, all, it's so toasty here compared to <laughs> Winnipeg. Warm up the pot rocks. We'll get it done. <laughs> Thanks, Dean. Have a great day, sir. You too. Take care, guys. Bye. Bye. We'll take a break. Be right back. Tom here for Shift Real Estate. I met the folks from Shift Real Estate last year on our way to Key West and loved their story. Shift Real Estate saves home sellers thousands of dollars on real estate fees because they list for a flat fee of $5,000, and that includes photos, MLS listing, online marketing, and the assistance of a full-time realtor. Tell Shift about your home, and they will tell you how you can save $10,000 or more. Shift Real Estate, the common-sense way to sell your home. Visit shift2sell.com because life is expensive enough. And we are back with Stretch's picks. You know, Tom, uh, there's a lot of analysis that goes into these picks. Yeah. And uh, I highly recommend betting, of course. I always recommend betting. Yeah, absolutely. So who's winning this thing? The kitties, the pack, the bears, or the purple? None of the above. Those are all the teams in the division. I know that. Well, who's your pick? I'm going with Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. What? It's not a football team. I know, but it's a hell of an HVAC company. They do the most thorough system tune-up in the industry. Sabre is one of the largest Bryant dealers in the state, which means you save. Yep, I'm going with Sabre, Sabre and Bryant, doing whatever it takes to keep you comfortable. It's also the smartest time to call and schedule your furnace tune-up with Sabre. Get the most thorough tune-up in the industry from the people who keep my home comfortable. Oh, uh, one more thing, Tom. What's that? Visit SaberHeating.com. Tom here, and I'm excited to tell you about a well-being and weight loss program I personally know works. It's called Continuum Weight and Well-Being. So why Continuum? Because if you're like most of their clients, you've tried countless programs and the DIY version of weight loss. If you're back at square one and just not happy with your weight, health, and how you're feeling, great news. Continuum is doing it differently. There are no meal replacements or foods you're required to purchase. They don't just focus on weight loss. They're upfront with their pricing. And most importantly, Continuum is designed for long-term success. Schedule a free consultation and find out more today. Simply go to their website, continuumweightwellbeing.com, or call them or text them at 952-491-6527. The Continuum team, Nancy, Danette, and Kelly, are looking forward to getting you healthier today. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks again to Dean Haglund, a hell of a guest. Of course, Kristen Bird, as always. 
Timmy uh, Lammers will be back next week, I'm sure. But uh, no, that was I, see, I find that stuff interesting. Why people like the things they do, why they like the music they like, the movies they like, all of that stuff. I think I uh, burned out my scary allotment for a lifetime by reading every R.L. Stein book three oh, yeah, times yeah, you were when into I was goose, a kid. Oh my God, that's one great. of those. Every single Goosebumps book at least oh, yeah. twice. Yeah, Fonz really found a couple it. in the little free libraries. Mm. We have a little free library by our house, and she's found a couple Goosebumps books, and she's because she likes spooky things. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I don't think that. Mm. And she's really she only wants to read chapter books. She does not want to read like children's books anymore. <laughs> she's like chapter books, and that is it. Oh, really? Like, okay. Um, well, and she's, yeah, she's, she's like six for God's sake. She's, oh, my she's in first. She's grade. an elderly child now. She's in first grade. Oh, somebody's birthday's what? Uh, Eight, six days. Six, six days, days away. Yep. Little Sage. Yesterday, four I, years old. Yesterday, Sage and I were in the kitchen after we woke up, and I was like, "Hey, Sage, what, what do you want for breakfast?" And he goes, thirty thousand dollars, please." And <laughs> well. hang on, hang on, thirty thousand dollars, please. And a waffle. <laughs> $30,000 and a waffle. One we can like, do, the other we like, cannot. Where does he I mean, get $30,000? Great question. I don't know. Watching television or something? Sure. No, I don't know. This morning, I was in. I woke up in his bed with him. And a waffle. And I woke up in his bed with him, and he was like, Mom, you have two options. First, go right downstairs. Second, back scratch, then go downstairs. <laughs> Back like, scratch for him or you? For, for me. You? I was oh. like, I'm going to go with the back scratch. Oh, so he's going to scratch your back. Yeah. There you like, go. Sweet. That's two good. options. Two we options. We have Tire Carver on the line. Tire Carver. The evil Tire Carver. What do you think? Evil. Yeah, it's me. It's me. It's me. What's happening, Pally? Uh, I'm change direction of you a little bit. Have you guys watched the uh, Norm MacDonald special yet on Netflix? Oh, no. i got to watch that, though, because he's phenomenal. It's interesting to watch because it's more of like a monologue he's just sitting in front of his computer all oh, right yeah with uh you know with a microphone hmm. and there's no reactions there's no nothing i mean other than his dog barking and the phone ringing once <laughs> um which was kind of comical in the middle of it but it's what's more interesting is the last half hour you have uh dave letterman dave Chappelle, uh, molly shannon Oh, who's the guy with the red hair that was late night? Conan O'Brien. Conan. Conan. There you go. Conan O'Brien, um, David Spade, and uh, uh, Sandler, Adam Sandler, talking about Norm for a half hour. I thought that was cooler than the special. I heard you know, it's those phenomenal. guys are just talking about. Yeah, it's not bad. I, I mean, Norm to me was always a take it or leave it kind of comedian because oh, okay but he the way those six guys talk afterwards or six people um he would go down rabbit holes just to prove his point that the joke at the end was funnier than the getting there really and people would walk out before they got to the end oh because it's like i know this is funny <laughs> so it's like listening to the you know the mindset he had on some of the stuff he was doing through his friends was pretty uh, I thought that was cooler than the comedy special well I tell you what we had him in studio a couple of times you could not meet a nicer guy in the world than Norm McDonald he was just a very nice man yeah that's what one of the things they brought up you know, just how he was 
you know, individually and to, you know, people behind the scenes, you never knew how nice a guy he was. Yep. No, it's absolutely true. It's, it's, it's one of the things about doing the morning show all these years that I love so much is all the people that I've met over the years. And I would say, honest to God, easy 97, 98, maybe even 99% of them could not have been nicer. Most people are, are very professional. Some are not, obviously. That Rich Hall sat and read, uh, read a book the whole time he was on the air and never answered one question. Didn't talk the whole time he was on the air. <laughs> Settle down, Rich. That's that why Rich. a reason to show up. That's why Rich is no longer in the business, because he would do things like that. <clears throat> never understood it. Mm-hmm. I never got it. But, you know, what are you going to do? But, yeah, Norm MacDonald, he was, well, he's the one who kicked this whole thing off. He died, and then people, you know, people started dying left and right. Scott Hansen died after that, and then they just wouldn't stop dying, for God's sake. We didn't lose anybody this yeah, week, thank God. Not the good part. It is not the good part. You're absolutely right. I wonder, I suppose just comedians sitting around for two years with this COVID situation, they probably basically went nuts because they couldn't do anything. Yeah. But yeah, he, they, they talk about it at the beginning of the special, how he did this for Netflix yeah. the night before he went in for one of his cancer treatments. Oh. And that uh, I, I don't remember where I heard it, but they that it was told that if he survived, they were just going to can the whole special, and he'd do it in front of an audience. Right. That the you know what they're showing now would never be shown, because he oh. was like, I could get out of this and and still do this in front of a crowd. Right. Because that's what he was writing it for, but you know, kind of realistically knew that maybe it wasn't going to happen. So. Yeah, that was. Uh, I mean, uh, all of them. To tell you the truth, all of these six, seven people that we've lost in the last six months or so, I really was very fond of all of them. They're all really pretty damn decent people. Yeah, a lot of talent. Lots and lots of talent, no question about. It. So everything else good. The family's good. Family's great. I'm glad to hear it. All right, Pally. I, I keep getting your messages, and I keep. I got to get out. I got to get out to the ice cream truck. There's no doubt about it. So don't stop sending the messages. <laughs> I'll get out one of these days. I say, I told you where we'll be on Sunday, so come see us. Oh, is it well, now? Where are you going to be? So you're going to be at the Basilica, or yep. is that you are? Okay. At what time are you at the Basilica mm-hmm. on Sunday? After both masses. Oh, you are okay. Well. So, Yep. No, you do understand that's the first place that, that, that I went. Well, that I went there for three months for first grade because I went to Emerson School across uh, the street from our apartment. And then I went to uh, the Basilica for about three months in first grade. And then we moved to Lesueur, Minnesota. So that was that. And we lived in Lesueur. Basilica kicked you out, huh? Well, I think what happened was we moved to, <laughs> to Lesueur, and I think we lived there about three, four days. And that was about the end of that. But... We were there for Christmas. I do remember that, but we, we saw September, October, November. Yeah, so we were there. I would say we lived in, uh, we lived there probably about two months. That was about it. And I do remember my father said, you know, it's a pretty well-paying job that I'd go down there. I'd, it, it's a good-paying job. And my mother said, well, how much are you making? And he said, they're going to pay me $2 an hour. <laughs> two bucks an hour. <laughs> Been a while, huh? Yeah, times have changed. No question about it. Tire, <laughs> behave, say hello to family for me, and hopefully I'll see you on Sunday, Pally. Sounds good. Thanks a lot, Tire. Yeah. Bye. Tire Carver, ladies and gentlemen, longtime podcast listener, KQ listener, the whole shoot match. What are you studying down there, Catherine? Uh, nothing. I've got it. All of a sudden, I have a headache. You have a headache? Mm-hmm. You want to wrap it up? We can wrap it up. 
You can yammer all you want. It's only like <laughs> three minutes left anyway, so yeah. we, can, yeah, we can just wrap it up and get home and take a nap or something. Ralphie, what do you got? Anything oh, good? That much. I just looking up. I, I looked up that uh, movie, The Trip, uh, uh, starring Peter Fonda, written by Jack Nicholson. I, I just uh, that's a fascinating kind of thing. I got to just go watch it and see what it's. So it's about it's a like. drug trip. It's about a, about an LST drug trip. Guy's first drug trip, and then he goes through all these sort of machinations of. Of his life and uh, a view, you know, scenes on Sunset Strip, Big Sur, um, you know, it's just by, by uh, uh, Burbank, you know, just all that whole area there. It might be kind of fun to see what it looked like in the 60s. Uh, we oh, were there. I tell you, oh. I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm watching Dragnet. Uh, oh LA doesn't look anything like it no, does I, today. I, I will tell no. you that. Nothing like mm-hmm. it. Not even close. But I remember on one episode he said, we never thought we'd see the day when a city in America had over three million people. <laughs> well, now Minneapolis-St. Paul has what three and a half million? Yeah, and that shows you how much we've grown in, in fifty-five years. That's right. There's oh. um, pre-World War II footage of Tokyo, and it looks like medieval Japan. But then, as soon as World War II happened, World War II ended. And globalization started. Oh, yeah. Mm. Tokyo, yeah, it exploded in size. It modernized all the buildings. It was Because oh, really? everyone was walking around wearing kimono. They had carts. They had the straw hats. And this was not even 100 years ago. No. Yeah. And then all of a sudden... Kind of, but World War II kind of incinerated most yeah. of Tokyo with the firebombing. Yeah. It was not... It, it, you know, yeah. it, in fact, more people were killed in the firebombing than there were in the... Nuclear. Well, they, uh, they say that the nukes actually saved lives because otherwise, what would have happened was we would have invaded, we would have all died, and they would have all died while killing us. Yeah. So it's true. you know it's like two shitty situations, pick one kind of thing. Yeah, really. Shitty. Yeah. How come they didn't nuke Hitler? I still want to know. Oh, because we didn't, didn't have the didn't have the technology. War ended in Europe before the technology was available. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, the nuke was the last thing to happen in World War Two. That right. was that was the very right. very end. Yeah. Indeed. All right. We will talk to you tomorrow with the family on the Tom Bernard podcast.